Hello everyone and welcome to this special on the road edition of the Chemical Conversations podcast for Argus Recycle Polymers brought to you by Argus Media. I'm Will Collins, the global editor for Argus Recycle Polymers and I travel with our US Recycle Polymers reporter, Zach Kluver, to the recent plastic recycling conference near Washington DC to meet with the industry. The conference has grown in size significantly in recent years, with nearly 2,700 people in attendance at this year's event, from the 8th to 10th of March. Zach and I spoke to a selection of industry participants to find out how the US recycling market has changed, what challenges it faces, and how regulators and other stakeholders can help with its development in the next five years. Good afternoon, my name is Steve Alexander. I'm the uh, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Association of Plastic Recyclers. And um, one of the divisions of APR is the resource recycling company, which obviously runs and owns the Plastics Recycling Conference, Electronic Scrap Conference, Resource Recycling Conference, and we have a media division that uh, has both digital and print media in all three of those silos. So my name is Patrick Krieger. I'm the Vice President of Sustainability for the Plastics Industry Association. I'm James Cott. I'm a market development manager and sales manager uh, for Braskem uh, Recycled uh, Polyethylene Materials. Sure, I'm Alan Schrub. I uh, am the director of mechanical recycling for Nova Chemicals. You will also hear the voice of Matthew Jansen, the president of Kentucky-based trading company Diversified Scrap Trading. First, we asked our interviewees how they thought the US industry has developed in the years leading up to the show. The first voice you'll hear is Steve Alexander. Well, it's really become much more uh, top of mind, and you know you're starting to see the demand market um, percolate uh, allegedly, and trying to meet their commitments with the Global Plastics Commitment, with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, or these other commitments that they've made. Let's unpack that word, allegedly. Well, sometimes you wonder how serious companies are about meeting their demand and their commitments. Um, you know, because there'll be a state of demand and there'll be a commitment, but, you know, there are factors that get in the way of meeting that demand. And it could be a technical factor or a package redesign that they must do, or it could be cost, and they don't want to pay the cost. So, you know, you can make a commitment out there and say, you know, we'll meet the commitment, but then, well, no we can't afford to pay X. So, I mean, I mean, is it, if it's a true commitment, you're committed. Other participants agreed about the increasing size of the conference and level of interest in the industry, which they said is leading to technological advances. Here's Nova's Alan Schrob. So it's three times the amount of attendees that there were back then, which in and of itself says how important this industry is now to plastics and the plastics industry and the whole value chain generally. There's a lot of, a lot of new recyclers in, in the market today um, and uh, we're seeing the technology for converting you know, uh, plastic waste into um, finished recycled content dramatically improve in terms of being able to um, strip, wash, extrude, clean, deodorize, and be able to provide resins that can be used in, in the applications to which brands have subscribed their goals to. But also to higher expectations from customers. Here's Braskem's James Kahn. Probably in the past year since we've kind of um, uh, come out of COVID, uh, the questions about sustainable solutions, of which recycling is one of them, 
<clears throat> is on a lot of people's minds. When, when I talk to customers, that's one of the first few questions. What solutions do you have? While everyone we spoke to agreed that the focus on the industry is growing, responses to our next question, what are the greatest challenges facing the industry, demonstrated the need for change across the supply chain in order for increased focus to be turned into tangible results. As Patrick Grieger says, buying needs to start from the very beginning. To be glib, the biggest challenge is consumers, um, and that's mainly through no fault of their own. They're not 100% competent on how to recycle or how to recycle correctly. Um, and so we have a lot of issues with supply and making sure that we're getting the right stuff in the right bin. Um, and as a result, all of the other things that we do, all of the investments that we make are irrelevant if we don't get the supply from the consumers. And this stretches right down to a need for industry to become more comfortable with using the recycled plastics in their products. I think the entire value chain needs to get really, really comfortable with imparting these materials into their finished applications. They're not like virgin polyethylene. They're a different, slightly different color. Um, they have slightly different properties. Yet they still can perform the way a package is intended to perform. The European recycling market was frequently cited at the conference as a point of comparison, although not universally seen as an example to follow. Europe has made considerably more steps towards legislation for the recycling industry, including Extended Producer Responsibility, or EPR, schemes, in which firms placing single-use plastics onto the market are obliged to pay into a fund to support the clean-up of the waste, and even stretch into mandatory recycled content requirements for certain products. Steve Alexander gave a matter-of-fact answer to the question of how regulators can do more to support the U.S. recycling market. We need more stick versus carrot. We need more regulatory guidelines say, to say you've got to use a certain amount of recycled content. And, you know, you've got to have make your package recyclable at a certain level or you can't say it's recyclable. Those sorts of things. We've tried to do it the other way and look at where we are. We're, we're not successful. Um, you know, if, if we continue to try and do the same thing and expect a different result, there's a definition somewhere, you know, dictionary about that. So, you know, I think we've tried the voluntary approach. I think um, people are trying to uh, just drive the market, and sometimes to drive the market, you need to mandate the market. EPR schemes are under implementation in a minority of U.S. states, but Alexander feels that the devil will be in the detail before they can be declared a success for the recycling industry. The one caution I have is everybody's putting their, their, uh, their everything in the basket of the EPR legislation. It sounds great, but you know, even though a couple have been passed, now they're in the regulatory and implementation stage, they haven't really been implemented yet. They haven't been, they're not executing. So we have to see, is that actually going to be the driver to get us more material in the market clean up the stream, um, make sure, make people commit and, and, and continue to push their um, commitments and, you know, adhere to them. Diversified scrap trading's Matthew Jansen was even more forthright, calling for requirements on the plastic industry to use recycled content in order for the recycling industry to break clear of a cycle in which potential customers switch back to buying virgin plastics when prices are low and recycle itself for less of a cost saving. A lot of people are talking about supply and about quality, but I think for a truly sustainable industry is that we must have the demand that, that, that is guaranteed. I think that you, you know, we, we have to understand that if you're going to go out and collect materials and clean them, process them, clean them, put them in a form that the end user wants, 
you have to know you're always going to be able to sell it, and you're going to be able to sell it for a price that allows you to get a fair return on your investment. I think that's a big problem right now is that we are a slave to the virgin market. So as virgin dives, post-consumer dives, and and not only dives, then the, the, the demand goes away. But if you're out there buying post-industrial material or even post-consumer material and making flake or regrind or pellets to sell in the open market, it's a very tough deal because you don't have a guarantee that you're going to have a home for it. So it's very hard to invest in in, in, in better technologies for collection when you don't know if you're going to be able to sell it or how much you're going to be able to sell it for. Meanwhile, others, whilst not opposed to regulation, called for an industry-led approach, starting with Patrick Krieger. I think minimum recycled contents are an incredibly effective way for us to create market pull to really support recycled content. I think that you can't set those in such a blanket way that every single type of product has a certain limit of, of a certain minimum recycled content in it. I think that it's unrealistic from a market perspective. I also think that it's practically and technically challenging. We need to really be thoughtful about setting those targets in a very realistic way. So standardization is really important. Um, I think that it is always an industry that decides how to handle standards, right? So when we talk about industry consensus standards, that's really important. Policymakers have a really important role in that. They have to they have to lend credibility to these things, and they have to elevate and empower those. But those things must originate with the industry itself. I imagine that someone who makes plastics day in and day out knows a lot more about it than someone who works in Washington. What I am hopeful for is industry defines what is the right thing to do so that government doesn't have to get involved. So whether that's through EPR, type schemes where the industry defines how it works and we implement it, that I think will be, and in, in, in past experience will tell you that when industry implements positive change, it's more apt to be successful than otherwise. To a man, however, participants called for consistency across borders to make regulations easier for consumers to understand and to standardize the inflow of material to the industry. The industry is really set up to fail by government in that they confuse what you can put in the bin. They confuse what you can be called recyclable. And they expect the system to work, and then they blame the system for not working. As I said this morning, there are five things that are necessary for something to be able to be recycled. Industry can control four of those five. You know, we can design the product, we know how we can sort it, we know how to process it, and we know there's a demand market for it. What we don't control is the supply and how that material gets to the recycler or the MRF. And so what you need to understand is that, you know, when you have 9,000 recycling programs and they're all different, well, that undermines you from the get-go. And so you, we need to have more standardization and more consistency in what collection programs take. And consistency to make it easier for market participants to comply and to know that they're following a joined-up approach that will lead to tangible benefits for the industry. I think the, the industry and government needs to sort out what they want to do with regards to um, whether it's um, extended producer responsibility or how we handle legislation that right now is so fragmented because every state is considering their own. And some states are doing it right and some states aren't. That's going to make it very difficult for the industry to implement any kind of consistency in terms of 
mandating recycle time? Um, I think legislation um, is very fragmented right now because it's done on a state level. You have certain states that are starting to implement, uh, you know, certain recycling requirements, and, and other states that aren't. So, um, you know, my my biggest, uh, at least, what I see is the fragmentation. Clearly, there are still challenges to address, but there was also optimism about the future of the industry. We asked participants to tell us how they expect the industry to develop in the next five years. Here's Patrick Krieger again. I do think that we will see policy out there that makes sense and that is effective. And as a result, I'm really optimistic about higher recycling rates for, for specific types of plastics. And more than that, I really hope that in five years, consumers trust that when they put something in the recycling bin, that it will be recycled at the end of the day. And James Kahn? I think you're going to see significant growth because I think the consumer wants that. Um, but I, I, I also think because of all the resources that are being put into this uh, portion of the market. So yeah, I, I expect in five years we're going to look back and say, yeah, this, these, were the, these were the early years. Alan Shrub. My expectation is even if you just look around what's happening here, that we will have more recycled content available for use in the right applications in five years than we absolutely do today. And I think we'll be making a meaningful impact in the commitments that brands have made. Billions of pounds, I think, of recycled bioethylene will be on the market that can be used in, in those applications. But progress should not be taken for granted, and hard work is required, as highlighted by Matthew Jansen, followed by Steve Alexander. So what I like to do is look back five years and see kind of where we are now compared to where we were then. We haven't done much. So I hate to say it like that. I do think that we're going to have to see a little bit of regulation, and I do think that people that use post-consumer resin should be incentivized to use that, whether it's something to do with carbon footprint, tax breaks, whatever. But I do think there needs to be a financial incentive for companies to go out and take the chance to use some of that resin that they normally wouldn't use. So I hope that the Federal Trade Commission has guidelines that are much more prescriptive in terms of what you can put on a label. You know, what? how do you use the term recycle content? How do you use the term recyclable? I thought, hope those will be much better defined. And if those are better defined and the PROs get off and running, we'll be talking about recycling rates not at 28 to 30%. We'll be talking about recycling rates of 55 to 60% for PET and high density and possibly, you know, in the 35 to 40% range for polypropylene. And given that economic success story, then there'll be enough uh, monetization of the system. So then we can begin to create a separate system to collect and process film and flexible material. Argus Media launched price assessments for recycled HDPE and PP for the US market on the 3rd of March. Our price series cover bales and regranulates across the higher end of the market, feeding into consumer packaging, and the lower end of the market where buyers traditionally use recyclers to save money. We asked participants at the show about the importance of data, commercial and otherwise, for the development of the industry. When you talk about reliable data, it's data both technical, performance data, commercial data. It's like, you know, the better data you have, the better you will make your decision. Our, our organization is very data-driven. The more we can get trusted data that everybody can rely on, then I think we'll have a better approach to being able to incorporate these materials because it will be transparent, it'll be consistent, 
and it's easier to work with customers and for customers to work with suppliers in that kind of environment. Data is everything. And we need, there's, for, for an industry of this type, we have such poor data. Uh, we're just getting to know now where, say, the population centers are that have and don't have recycling programs, what type of program they have, what do they collect. Um, it's, you know, it's still the Wild West in many instances, and we need a much more data-centric system in order to help us make strategic decisions. The challenges inherent to growing the U.S. recycling industry will not be solved overnight, and they're no means unique to the U.S., with other regions wrestling similar issues. You can track developments in the market within the Argus Recycle Polymers report, which includes our new US recycler prices, together with prices from other regions and news, analysis and market commentaries. Please head to argusmedia.com if you'd like to find out more about the report or our wider chemicals coverage. And don't hesitate to contact me at will.collins at argusmedia.com if you have any questions. Thanks very much for listening. Mm -hmm.